This is Indie Business Podcast, Season 3, Episode 3, Makers on Main Street. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. I am your host, mentor and coach, Donna Maria, the founder and CEO at IndieBusinessNetwork.com. My goal is to help makers and handmade entrepreneurs build a solid business foundation, increase your income, and use your business to create the life you love. On this episode, I will introduce you to Jamila Benu of Oyen Handmade in Baltimore, Maryland. You'll be so inspired by how Jamila has grown her business from a tiny kitchen operation to a retail store with a production studio built in, a fully operating salon where the salon professionals use her products exclusively, and a local pop-up type event that draws artists and makers from miles away. Not only will you enjoy learning a bit about Jamila's business model, but you'll also get a glimpse of how she and her husband manage a thriving household that includes two young children. I know many of you know how that is. We do. So you'll really be able to relate to that. There is so much more packed into this episode of the Indie Business Podcast. So strap yourselves in. You are going to love it. You can get a summary for this episode at IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash 27. I'll be right back with Jamila Benu of Oyen Handmade in Baltimore, Maryland. Jamila Benu of Oyen Handmade, I'm so excited to welcome you to Indie Business Podcast. Where are you talking to us from today? I'm actually on my back porch today. I'm working from home. Um, my kids are home from school, so we're having a, a work at home day where me and my husband each try to take a, a shift of parenting and a shift of getting something done. <laughs> yes, I know the feeling you're tag team parenting today. Exactly. <laughs> yes, indeed. So Jamila, you know, you have one of the most amazing business growth stories from starting to make products in your kitchen all the way to a retail store today and like the exchange, which is kind of like a fabulous pop-up kind of thing. Can you just walk us through a little bit of the story of how you started your business and why and where it led you to so far today? Absolutely. Well, when we first started, it was, it was one of my hobbies. It was something that I got into because I was very excited about my natural hair and about using natural products in my hair and those did not exist commercially at the time. We're talking 15, 20 years ago. So I started um, experimenting with grocery store ingredients as did many of us and then slowly kind of learned about home, um, home spa products, crafting little by little, you know, from a book or maybe from the internet as the internet kind of began to be a thing. And then um, began to share the products that I made with my friends and family members, began to bend very lightly here and there at, around the holidays. And then because at the time I was working as a freelance website designer, mm-hmm. built a website for it in 2003. Mm-hmm. It was about two years after I'd started kind of making and sharing things. And I built the website. And again, still very much as a as a hobby. I have some internet friends on the bulletin boards. I'll share this with them. <laughs> <laughs> Won't that be fun? <laughs> but word of mouth spread among those internet friends. And, and um, 
it took a couple of years, but maybe two years after that, my husband and I looked up and it was kind of all we were doing. Like we had Uh slowly taken over our lives. So, um, yeah, we began to really focus on it. We moved so that we could get a little bit more space for the business. We Mm -hmm. began to try to organize things and shift things around so that we had more time to dedicate to it. And then now... Here you are. Yeah. 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 So so tell us, when did you open your retail store? We opened the retail store in 2009. Okay. So I I remember when that happened too. And you know, it's so fascinating today because here we are. You just talked about the internet and those bulletin boards, which is so hilarious because (laughs) I was using those as well. And there was a time, and I know you remember this, when everyone was sort of like, you know, once we have the internet, nobody's going to want to get together anymore. And everything's going to be online. And it's the death of retail. And for a minute, I think it probably was just for a minute, not just because of the internet, but because of some other things in the economy as well. And I am just astounded today at how many of our indie business network members and other people around the country are opening retail stores and wanting to leave their laptops, thank God, and go and connect in their community. So back in 2009, though, it wasn't happening a lot. What made you think that this was going to be be something that would work for you and Oyen? Hmm. Well, I think we were, we had been in our town, we had moved to Baltimore in 2005. And so had been there for uh, a few years working out of our home in a purely internet way um, and shipping directly to our customers only for three years or so. When we first moved out of our home for, to our first external production facility, we began to realize that there are benefits to not being home-based. Like we could hire help, like the very small part-time come over that you're a friend of ours come over after your day job and help us bottle things and we'll give you some money and some free products kind of help but more help than we had been able to to utilize prior to that when we were only in our home um so we began to to see that benefit of being outside of our home as well but we didn't have a a retail location but -hmm. we had lots of local customers And we began to think maybe the same way that there was a benefit to our production capacity from being out of our house, there might be a benefit to our retail capacity for being, um, you know, being open to the public in in a very limited way. It still was really just Pierre and myself. So we didn't have and we spent all week (laughs) making products and and shipping to our customers. (laughs) So (laughs) we... um, we were very lucky to find a super inexpensive um, retail space in the um, only kind of semi-finished basement beneath a, 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 the art gallery of a friend of ours. Mm-hmm. So she had began to, she was offering it for sale, but when she saw that it was us, she gave us this ridiculously inexpensive rent that um, was really a subsidy for <laughs> so we we heard about this space and we just we thought it would be a, a great connection it was a, a retail space beneath an art gallery of an artist who we knew and respected and we thought it would be wonderful positioning for mm-hmm. us mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what inspired us to do the retail at all is because we were like oh this location is available it must be time for us to open a store <laughs> 
I mean, I, I love I love how entrepreneurs think. It's like, oh, <laughs> there's something really cool. It must be time for me to do that. Exactly. <laughs> that is fun. That oh, is fun. That- and and I've <laughs> I've been to your your place before and it is it's wonderful and it's located on a corner so you get you know traffic on two different streets and it's comfortable and cozy and you know you talk about uh, you know finding someone to help you I mean who doesn't need a subsidy right we could all use some of those so um so you're saying that was key was was knowing someone who could actually help you absolutely um we we all, I think, as indies recognize that there's that none of us do this by ourselves, mm-hmm. even though a lot of us are solopreneurs, like there's still we get help from each other as right. as indie business members, even if it's virtual help or help from from advice from people who have been where we are before, right. or you know, just leads on suppliers or packaging mm-hmm. and stuff like none of us. None of us does this completely alone. We're all um, gaining from from each other. Um, and we definitely we definitely benefit i think when we when we help others just yeah. as much as we benefit when we are helped by others so so once you found this location okay so you've got this wonderful friend and this wonderful mm-hmm. location and you you sign a lease and it's a big blank space what mm-hmm. what what happens next do you, do you move to licensing what, what what are the next steps that you took we moved to licensing and design and planning the space and then um, also getting the word out. We, we wanted to spread the word to our existing customer base, um, mainly via email newsletter and mm-hmm. um, I, I really email newsletter. Social media, this was kind of pre-social media. It was very kind of web, maybe not web 1.0, but maybe mm-hmm. 1.5. Mm-hmm. So, you know... <laughs> things um mechanisms did exist to connect with people but it was it was podcasts and youtube it wasn't necessarily lots of online um Mm -hmm. mechanisms like twitter and instagram where where consumers would talk amongst themselves and connect in that social way Mm -hmm. so um we did we had you know a launch party we we would do a monthly newsletter to our um to our customer base i think we did flyers Um, to let people know and then also because we were only a open on Saturdays um, we kind of cultivated the sense of a of a destination like a social destination Um, we it was just my husband and myself manning the the shop so it was a way that the customers could meet us they could we could talk about the products we could meet the customers and that was wonderful to kind of begin putting faces to the names of the Mm -hmm. people that we um that we have so so almost virtually connected with for so many years. Yes. And so almost from the beginning, it was like a pop up. I mean, it it was only open. I mean, when I had a little retail store, I was only open on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays. And that was it. So so what you're describing some it's a pop up, but it's the same, it pops up the same place every week. And I, I love that because you can get a concentration of people and they all know what the hours are. How could you forget? You don't have to wonder right. which day are they open, which day are they closed. Um, so that that was that was probably a really smart move, not just from a retail perspective, but obviously also for your personal life too, since the two of you were the only ones in the store. 
Exactly. Yeah, it was definitely born of necessity, but we, um, I, I think it worked out really well for all involved. And it looks like I remember, I remember this time too, because you know, I watch, I watch what my members mm-hmm. are doing. I remember mm-hmm. you and Pierre started making these awesome videos. So you would have yeah. these, you would have these people over and you would dress, dress up and you would, you would, they would sing and they, <laughs> they would do these, you know, crazy poetry readings. And, mm-hmm. and then, and then all of a sudden, a hair care product would pop up on the screen. <laughs> and I remember thinking, this is just hilarious. And it's so much fun. I was like, do they make this stuff up while they're doing it? Do they feed them pizza to get them to come over? What is the, you know, and, and what you're describing, though, is the community and it came through the screen. And, and I haven't seen one of them in a while, but I never forget them and how honest and authentic the connection between you and your husband and your guests were. And of course, your hair was all we needed to see to sell the products, right? So beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, 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 and you didn't make, you made this up. I mean, you didn't have a script for this. This wasn't something that you read a book and went, okay, we're going to do what he said in chapter five. You guys, <laughs> you found a location one step at a time. And, and I want to make sure that, you know, people embrace that because... So often we look for the steps, like, what do I do next? And so often the magic is when you don't have the steps. What do you think? That's definitely what we have found. The podcast is a great example. It was um, Pierre's idea as our, you know, creative and media director (laughs) to create this outlandish late night variety show type podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And we just really went all out and um, tried to have a a really good time. And again, it was part of trying to make it seem like this place was a really fun place to be. Yes. And and I I definitely think that that works. But yeah, every step we've taken has been when either there was not a path laid out or or we were actively avoiding the path that seemed (laughs) like the next obvious step. (laughs) Yes, yes. We're like, how can we do this in a way that that makes sense to us, even though we may be a little bit weird. And, and I don't know, there's a, there's a power in the weird. There is. There is. And, you know, I heard that one of the words that gets the most attention on Facebook ads is the word weird. So there you go. Well, I don't know if it's true. Some, some Facebook expert said it and I just, I just remembered it. Um, But you can pack that away in your knapsack of knowledge and try it out sometime. But, you know, so you, you, you had moved your production into this space, and then you have your, your retail store. And then if that wasn't enough, of of course, you're having babies as you're doing all this, too, I should mention (laughs) you have two. Now, now you have something called the exchange I need to hear about that. Tell us okay. what the exchange is and how it works and how wonderful that is. The exchange is super exciting. We It is a, a project of the Exit the Apple art space, which is a, um, com- a semi-public art space and community, um, community arts resource that we launched um, last fall. So it... 90% of the month it functions as Pierre's workspace because he's a visual artist, an animator, a filmmaker and a writer so he, you know, needs space to work. But what um what he did was as he was building out the space, he built out partially for his own use but also created a rentable um 24 foot green screen wall and a 24 
foot white um, psych wall, which is the kind of wall that has the curve at the bottom. So you can create an infinity, Mm -hmm. um, an infinite white backdrop. Mm -hmm. And so he built that out partially because he had always wanted one and there wasn't one, you know, in the city um, able to rent inexpensively, but also to try to create community around independent filmmaking in Baltimore. So we had so we rent this space very inexpensively to people who want to, you know, shoot a music video or a small commercial or do photography or or something like that so um that and we also rent for events and then our our kind of flagship event is the exchange which is our way of trying to create um a a marketplace and a way for independent micro entrepreneurs to share audiences with each other so again very inexpensive vending uh, table space once a month every second sunday we have about nine to 11 vendors come in and it's like a a flea market bazaar Mm -hmm. marketplace pop-up situation we have a dj we we have food that we provide or we get um, a local caterer to sponsor snacks for everybody and and it's pretty awesome it's a really a lot of fun we also um have a slot for an, a local artist to come and do like a 10 minute performance if they like. So we really just try to create a resource and a, a for community connection. That's our, our tagline is the exchange community commerce connection. So that, that's really what we're trying to create um, and allow for space to happen. Okay, so you have combined the traditional pop up store if there is such a thing as a traditional <laughs> pop up store, but that idea We've combined that with your products and the, and the things that you offer with your husband's artwork, mm-hmm. with local artists who can perform, mm-hmm. with local manufacturers of various goods, like, as you said, foods and beverages and other things that they sell, mm-hmm. with a city that is um, just the one of the many cities in this country that is perfect for something like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of um I I think Baltimore is is like you said just one of many places where craft is really getting mm-hmm. such a wonderful foothold and there yes. are great people doing really fun, funky, creative things, everything from, you know, like handmade home cleaning supplies to handmade mm-hmm. earrings, everything. To independent designer stuff. Like there's there's yeah absolutely everything going on and it's it's great to get kind of a low stakes um time and place for people to mm-hmm. connect to each other across the mm-hmm. the stuff that they make it, it feels great and, and how wonderful for the local producers in your area to have some place they may not have a store they may not want a store um mm-hmm. but they can have space at your exchange Mm-hmm. If they'd like and connect with people and not not only sell their products, but have fun connecting with people, which really oftentimes is what sells the products anyway. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so that that sounds like such a wonderful place to be. And it's on my short list of things to do. Because mm-hmm. I while I've been there, I haven't been when the exchange is in session, shall right. we say. <laughs> so I have to make sure I do that sometime soon. So so when when you uh, back to your retail store for a second. When you um, when you have your doors open, and I know you have you know different hours now. It's not just once a week. Do yeah. you also purchase wholesale products that are made by other people for sale in your store? Actually, no. We we sell our own. No, 
Yeah, not really. Well, once or twice we have like uh, we. I think we bought a, a T-shirt once. I think we um, bought a book once for you know mm-hmm. for a sale that went together with a, with a couple of, of other books that we have mm-hmm. that we published ourselves. But primarily, it's our it's our own. It's just kind of the flagship shop for our mm-hmm. product. Awesome. And, yeah, and we what we did recently do that was brand new is open a salon. We kind of did a, a reef. Um, design and refurbish of everything so it's got a whole new sleek fanciness happening and we have the two chair salon so that people we can have like a healthy hair service experience as well Um, and that is brand new because we've never gone into the hair care service space we've always been product focused but um now we have the capacity for people to actually experience the products while they're getting their hair styled in a professional salon environment. And that's been, um, well, <laughs> very interesting. So <laughs> do you, do you have local, the but the, the part that's interesting is learning about the salon industry. Right. In right. The, in yes. Kind of end of the pool sort of way. Well, and how, how great for you to learn more about it because you sell your products to, to mm-hmm. salon <laughs> salon service provider. So, um, you know, it wasn't that long ago that I was there in your facility with you. And Mm -hmm. so now I feel like I haven't been there at all. Because, (laughs) because you keep adding on this stuff, which is great. So do you find local, um, local hairstylists that come in? Is it kind of traditional, like they they rent a chair? Or how how does that work? We do, we kind of went back and forth with the, the booth rent versus commission model. And in the end, one of the things that we learned is that if you are um, offering booth rent, then that person is their own um, small business owner. Right. And you are doing nothing but providing the space. But mm-hmm. since we wanted them to use our products and to, you know, to, to give our clients a, mm-hmm. a particular experience, we went with the commission model because um, we, th- we wanted to kind of um, have, have certain requirements right, of, right. of it so that we can manage the experience for the clients. So, so, so um, they, so a customer comes mm -hmm. in and they pay to get their hair done. They pay you and then you pay the Mm -hmm. stylist afterward. Exactly. Okay. And they only use your products. Smart. Ding, ding, ding. That was just so, (laughs) so wonderful. So, um, I love that. And so, you know, with that, you can add lots of other things. Not, I'm sure you've already thought of this, whether you want to do it or not. I mean, you could have a full service spa in there one day if you wanted to. Yeah. Well, we do because we only have, um, you know, again, we're, we, even though we have more than just the Saturdays now, we're still, we call them happy hours open Wednesday through Friday in the mm-hmm. evenings mm-hmm. and then all day Saturdays. So we're still not like, we're still keeping with the, with the appointment, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> appointment shopping model mm-hmm. in that sense. So um, our stylist, it's, it, our salon is by appointment only and it's, um, we, we don't have like a, a you know, mm-hmm. an on staff esthetician you know spa that kind of person but what we do is we um we do offer rental of a of what we call our spa space for Mm -hmm. people to come and they do chair massages or eyebrow threading or right now we have a henna artist who's like in residence every saturday in april and um she at you may know her henna sook she's an (gasps) indie oh my goodness (laughs) khadija yes exactly so so um, so awesome (laughs) oh my gosh i'm ready to get in my car now because you got, I mean, what's amazing is that you see, this is what so, so is, inspires me. And I want everyone to hear is that 
this all started in a kitchen (laughs) and you know at a stove (laughs) with an idea for how I could take better care of my hair I mean and so you have created something and you've gone step by step you didn't start off you know with big stores and having you know Khadijah and everybody else in in and around you you really took it one step at a time and what I'm hearing is that you created the type of business model that suits you, not the type of business model that everyone said would work. <laughs> that is um, definitely the case. And that, and that's, I mean, part of the, the theme behind the indie business organization, I think. Like what your slogan is, like, build your business, build your world. Like, really, yes. creating an individualized plan is... It's incredibly freeing and not in the sense that I think sometimes people think entrepreneurship means, oh, you're hanging out on your back porch all day. It's not. Right. (laughs) Sometimes it's the freedom to work incessantly and, you know, in an imagining kind of frenzy at all times. But Mm -hmm. that that it's a it's a frenzy that you create and it's a frenzy which you have control and which directly benefits yourself and your family. And so you get that energy which invest in your company because it's your it's your vision it's very exciting yes it is so exciting and you can create this from you know as your life evolves you can change things if you decide that you know you don't really like having uh, mm-hmm. stylists there you can sell those chairs and do something else with that space exactly. I mean you can just kind of make it work for you as you go so and you're right that slogan that we have uh, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder and create the life you love. That's, that's exactly wh- why why the Indie Bestness Network exists and why you and Khadijah and other people like her gel so well together because you have the same mindset because Khadijah has done the same thing. She's, she's mm-hmm. created along with her husband and their children as a henna artist and she's just made it up as she goes along. I don't want to, I don't want people to think we don't have plans because we do, but we create them around our lives instead of looking at a traditional business model and making our life fit that. Right. Absolutely. So like in, you said, yeah. we can all gain such inspiration from each other. Yes. Too. Yes. No two stories are alike, but yeah. That's true. That's true. And so watching <laughs> what other people do and and seeing how things unfold for them gives mm-hmm. us ideas about things that we can do and put our own spin on it. Absolutely. So Jamila, if there are any people listening who have uh, maybe their caterers in your area or their artists, what do they need to do to get in touch with you and I guess pitch to become a part of oh. one of your exchanges? <laughs> well, um, anyone with interest in the exchange can email exittheapple at exittheapple.com and we'll be happy to send more information about the table rental and what it is we're looking for in our vendor partners. Okay. And um, any... One who's interested in the salon can visit oyinsalon.com, which okay. is still in the very rudimentary stages of construction, but mm-hmm. you can find you can find that some yes. info about it. Yeah, yes. And our our main websites are uh, oyinhandmade.com, of course, for the product and info, and then exittheapple.com for info about the art space and our, our cultural activities. And so do you have to be local in Baltimore to pitch your products or you just, do you just have to be there, be available to be there to sell them when the pop-up actually happens? You just have to be there during the pop-up. There's, oh, this is um, great. We actually have had a couple of people from who co- come 
from D.C. to vend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even one who was visiting the area from North Carolina, she vended because she happened to be in town on that second Sunday. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a local endeavor where you have to be, you know, a Baltimore-based business to participate, but... That is so awesome. You want to make us part of your Sunday. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I highly recommend it, y'all. I mean, y'all, everyone, because I'm from North Carolina. So woohoo to the North Carolina person. Actually, I'm not from North Carolina. I live here now. So I'm an adopted, I'm an an adoptee of the state. So, (laughs) but I love, so you've created something that's not just a destination for the consumer, but also a destination location for the makers. Yeah. We, I mean, it's a, so you're, it's a you're coming story. at us in both uh, from both ends here. You've got something for both ends. I mean, usually a retail store, it's it's mainly, I mean, people want to get their products in there, but it's mainly catering to the consumers. Mm-hmm. And that's all great. We, we know that works, right? That's the traditional business model. What you've done is you've added something onto that that, that makes it more appealing for me to want my products at your location. It's not just about, I want, you know, I want my wholesale price and a minimum $300 order, blah, blah, blah. I want to be a part of that experience. I mean, do you have a waiting list? You must have, you must have a waiting list. Yes, it is great. You must, it is great. You must have a waiting list. Do you have a waiting list? Like, like, I want to make, I want to make something now so I can sell something at a table. Make some chocolate chip cookies or something. Waiting list yet, but we do. They do look pretty. Yes. Not. We're not yet. Like currently, we're booking for May and for June. Okay. Okay. Have a little. Um, we kind of curate it so there's not too many people in the same category. Right. Um, Right. Trying to sell the same thing. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so everyone, it's the beginning of May. You know what to do (laughs) if you want to get in there in June. Uh, this is the time. The weather is beautiful in Baltimore in June, and I honestly can't think of a better way to spend a Sunday uh, mm-hmm. than with you and Pierre. And so make sure you get there uh, if you have to, you know, make something to get there like I will. Uh, make it up or get there and just visit. It's a wonderful place. So Jamila, thank you so much for sharing your story and sharing a little bit about how your business works and what that model looks like. It's so inspiring. And we appreciate hearing a little bit of the behind the scenes of how things go there for you and your family and your business. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to to hear both my podcast and all the others. (laughs) Fabulous indies are going to be interviewing. (laughs) Yes, yes, there will be more. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you at the exchange. Awesome. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Any Business Podcast with my guest Jamila Banu of Oyen Handmade. And if you did, won't you show me some love on Twitter? It's so easy to do that. Just go to IndieBusinessNetwork.com forward slash love. And you can let your friends know that you enjoy my podcast. We really, really work hard to make it useful for you and to make it fun. So if you like it, please let us know by sharing. And you know, if I can improve the show in any way, please let me know that too. There's a contact link at our website at IndieBusinessNetwork.com. And you can use that. Or you can also just give us a tweet. Tweet me at IndieBusiness. And I'll be happy to talk with you there as well. I'll see you on the next episode of the Indie Business Podcast. In the meantime, break all the rules, build your own corporate ladder, and create the life you love.